Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Welcome back. It's Balloon from uh, the world headquarters that is my home and uh, action jackson is at uh the studio and jeremy rutherford is at his home in uh huntley uh good morning jr <laughs> good morning actually i'm at a gas station on my way home from uh cincinnati we were out of town for a hockey tournament this weekend so we pull over to talk to you so it's uh, good to hear your voice, and sounds like you're battling, but you're a uh, you're a hockey player fighting through this. That's exactly right. I think if there's one thing I'm known for, it's being a uh, a battler. I can't wait to talk, man. For real, like like I would just BS with you, even if we weren't doing the show, to get your perspective on uh, what has transpired, and really not just with the trade, but then the performances uh, in particular yesterday's. Uh, that certainly adds to the weekend that was for the Blues and, and those uh, fans who are, you know, understandably disappointed by everything that has transpired this year. Personally, I like what Doug Armstrong is doing, and I'm I'm anxious to talk about what you think the big picture plan is. But let's start with what transpired on Friday. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly heading to the Leafs. Uh, what can you tell us as far as behind the scenes went on between O'Reilly and Armstrong and uh, and the eventual move? Yeah, Tim had a chance to talk to a few people over the weekend after the trade uh, was made on Friday, and obviously we've been looking for the Blues to make some big deals heading into the deadline. Probably didn't think that Tarasenko and O'Reilly would be done by now, but Doug Armstrong has found the packages that he wants. And you look at it, you look at this one in particular, it's a lot of draft picks coming back this way, a lot of good quality picks, and And so Achari goes in the deal as well. But I think if you look at the work Doug Armstrong's done so far, moving his two big stars and getting this uh, group of uh, draft picks, he's going to have a lot of options moving forward, and we'll talk about that. Uh, But he's going to be able to do a number of things that he would not have been able to do had he not made this uh, decision that I think is a real good one. And therefore, it, it seems like the next logical, obvious move is that Barbashev uh, goes uh, sometime in the next couple of weeks. Is is that what your understanding is? Logically, yeah, I think so. Doug Armstrong made the point uh, in his in his conference that he said that uh, people around the league know what his intentions were. They've known for a long time. You know, when we get back to Ryan O'Reilly, I, there was talk about a contract. Ryan O'Reilly said that himself uh, a couple weeks ago. I don't think that went very far. I think there was contract offer, contract negotiations. I don't think they were anything really close to what Ryan O'Reilly was hoping they could work out, thus the trade. So uh, I think that now you're at a point where Ivan Barbashev is going to be next on the list. And what I heard in making these phone calls over the weekend for the Ryan O'Reilly story is that Doug Armstrong is asking for a first-round draft pick for Ivan Barbashev. And if you look at it logically, perhaps that's the reason this deal is not done yet, uh, because teams maybe, if they're going to jump on Barbashev, aren't ready to part with that first one. Maybe they wait and see if Doug Armstrong comes down on that. But, wow, if he could get a first-rounder for Ivan Barbashev already with the three first-rounders, you're really going to have a lot of wiggle room to either move up in the draft 
or try to acquire an established player. And that's the thing that I think we need to focus on here. What is Doug Armstrong going to do with this roster, Tim? He's got a situation where if he wanted to package some of these picks, they could try to alter this roster, find established players. He made the comment he wants to find some players in that age 24, 25, 26 range to grow with this core. Right, and that's the that to me is is really where I want to focus our conversation. I know a lot of listeners have uh, questions and comments for you, and you can text them into the Air Comfort Service text line three one four three nine 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 six four six. We'll try to get to as many as we uh, as we can. The Blues are not in a standard rebuild spot because of the dollars committed to so many defensemen, and of course the deals. For Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas, Jordan Binnington. I mean, this is not a, a roster that's just ready-made to just go 100% young. And so, you know, as you made reference to, Doug Armstrong talked about what they are seeking. My question is, do they now look at the possibility of moving a player or players who are not the obvious names that we've been talking about for a couple of months, the, the names such as O'Reilly, Tarasenko, and Barbashev. Uh, Pareko's name has popped up, and, and not just in your inbox this time. The, these are now conversations about the possibility of him being on the move. Is there any chance that some of the names of uh, non-UFAs could be on the move here in the next couple of weeks? I do, and I, I don't know that it can come together in the next couple of weeks before this trade deadline, but that doesn't mean that it can't come together before the start of next season. In fact, Doug Armstrong said on the call that uh, he'll have a better feel for where things are headed in, in August when he's able to get through you know, kind of the, the draft, and a lot of big trades are made at that point. I can tell you this, and it's, it's, you've got to be careful when you, you put, report things because a lot of this stuff that you hear on the phone, you know, maybe it's not from a, a, a source that's right there in the middle of it, but people that are close to the situation, people who are involved in, in uh, situations with the Blues players, and they said that uh, they get the impression that Doug really wants to maybe not blow it up, but make big changes, make big changes to this roster. Uh, you got the foundation with a, with a Jordan Cairo, a Robert Thomas, uh, but with those long-term contracts for those other guys that you mentioned, it's going to be tough to do something. So now with this draft capital, you know, can you make a package to bring in a guy uh, we talked about the name Jacob Chicken. You got the guy Timu Meyer out there, San Jose. Those are types of names that would uh, make this roster look a lot different than it does right now. So I think if you look at what Doug Armstrong's done, he's kind of set himself up for the potential for that move. And I think you hit it in the last segment. He doesn't know what's possible right now. He's just laying the groundwork to pull off that type of move mm-hmm. if it is available. All right, I want to read some uh, questions from the listeners. We promised that we would do that, and let's get as many as we can. Can this team get bad enough, fast enough to contend for a top-five pick? <laughs> Worst cases, you end up with uh, inconsistent mediocrity like Philadelphia or Vancouver. That is from the 618. JR, what do you got? Well, you look at yesterday, they're off to a pretty good start on that. Right? <laughs> they lost uh, to Ottawa. So, yeah, right now, what are they? Uh, they if the draft were today, they'd be picking ninth or so. Uh, if you can climb in that top five if 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 you have a chance uh, to win the draft lottery uh, but that seems like an outside chance so you know can they get bad enough fast enough uh, you know, that's what people are hoping to to get in those counter bedard uh, sweepstakes uh, but i think either way even if you don't you're going to get a quality player there and now you got three first rounders and we have a piece up at the athletic today where we talked to Corey prime and our draft expert and uh, he likes some players later in that first round and he also talks about the possibility of packaging a couple of those picks how high could you get up he feels that you can't get into that top three or four, but after there, there's kind of a barrier there. 
but you could you could sneak up in the top five or six. So uh, again, it's nice to think about the types of players you could get with these picks, but I don't think it sits with where this team is at. They really need to make a move to be able to be competitive, to make it quicker than what a, a full rebuild would be. Uh, from the 314, JR, what do you think the probability of Ryan O'Reilly coming back after the season is over? I think there's a better chance than I initially thought, uh, and there's a lot of time between now and then and when that decision needs to be made. But you and I talked about that a few months ago. You asked me. I, I felt like if they moved on from Ryan O'Reilly, that that would probably be the direction they would go if they couldn't work something out. Obviously, it was a huge package. You couldn't pass it up. Doug Armstrong had to make this move. But in doing my due diligence and talking to some people over the weekend, I was told that Ryan O'Reilly would have St. Louis at the top of his list in terms of coming back uh, if that was the situation that was presented. But from both sides, Ryan's side, look, he's going to a great place. They have a chance to win, maybe even win a Stanley Cup. And Doug Armstrong, what's he going to accomplish between now and and when for agency opens. So things could change, but I think there's more of a chance than I would have given it a few months ago. From the 314, how will we fit those players under the cap? We're still cap-strapped, even trading the players we have. Again, we have no cap space to add those kinds of players. That's from the 314. Yeah, the cap is definitely going to be an issue in, in any names that we talk about. Uh, but, uh, you know, if, if you're the Blues and you're Doug Armstrong and going by the things that I'm hearing, you know, he's not going to bring back Next year, the roster that looks and, and really close to this one, I think he's going to try to do something. And then the draft picks, again, it's nice, but they're not going to be ready for two, three years unless you get into that top three or four. So I think this is a situation where Doug Armstrong is going to have to find a way to either move some money in these deals, and maybe he'll have to include the draft pick as the juice to make the deal go through. Uh, but I think the Blues are in a situation where they're going to have to do something. It's not as easy to move money as it used to be. Doug said that before, and he's right. You know, you hear GMs talk all the time about how tough it is these days to move the money. So you can't just say that he's going to get it done. He's going to have to, you know, stay on the phone and and continue to explore his options. Uh, But that's going to be a major hurdle to get that done. What uh, has the response been from fans who have either tweeted at you or commented under your articles or emailed you, whatever the case might be? What kind of approval rating uh, did the O'Reilly deal get? Really positive, really positive. In fact, I can't even think one off the top of my head that uh, was negative of the deals that were made. And I think uh, it kind of speaks to when these deals were made so much in advance. You know, these are the types of deals where Doug Armstrong knew that he couldn't wait any longer and get a better deal down the road. This was going to be uh, the, the best he could get, and he was right. And you add up all these picks, uh, Tim, the Blues, in the next two summers, just the next two summers, we're talking the first three rounds of the draft, they have ten picks uh, with the potential of ten. So he's done some good work here, but the reaction's been great. I think that everybody kind of said what we all assume is that it's tough to see guys like Tarasenko and O'Reilly go in this situation and maybe Barbashev soon, but he's doing the, he's doing the right thing. And uh, all reports A plus on the packages coming back. I like to hear that. I I, I share that opinion, and I'm glad that fans see uh, the big picture on that. And that's really good to hear. I'm I'm really surprised that it's been uh, damn near unanimous. All right, I'll go with a final one because I've heard a few people talk about this. We talked a little bit about it on TMA. Uh, if the Blues and when, whether or not it has any shred of reality to it, so I'm curious what your answer is, Jr. If the Blues end up with four first round picks, and a team besides Chicago gets the number one pick. Do you think Army would package all four picks and either Cairo or Thomas for essentially Connor Bedard? 
This is fun. I, with This is like going to trade proposal bat crap <laughs> land, but I love this kind of thing, so I want to ask it. Well, I think he would do that for sure, and I don't think it would be accepted. That's how crazy uh, good this player is, Connor Bedard. He's a franchise, uh, obviously, player, and, and he's a uh, generational talent. So he's a guy who, yeah, they're probably going to get some offers, and that would be a monster offer. Uh, but I go back to uh, when Patrick Kane was drafted number one overall. The Blues had three first-round draft picks that year. I was told that uh, they tried to make a trade for that number one pick. I wrote a story about it, and the Blackhawks said no. And, and I believe that they were trying to, to trade all three of those first-round picks. So you see what kind of player that uh, Patrick Kane turned out to be, and that's why teams don't trade those guys. It's nice to have picks in the 25, 30, but those top one or two or three guys, they'll have careers like Patrick Kane has had and everybody thinks that uh, Connor Bedard could be even better than that. So uh, I don't think that uh, a team would make that trade, even if that uh, was presented to him by the Blues. That, that speaks volumes about the perception of Connor Bedard. Man. So you think the Blues would, would actually consider making that move and it would get shot down? I think you have to. And, and maybe, you know, when you start thinking about four first-round picks, you know, I wouldn't want Doug Armstrong listening and saying, I'm not trading four first-round picks. But I think it would be pretty – you'd have to consider it. You really would. I mean, if you look at some of the, the picks that have been made, you know, in the latter first round, early second round, and let's keep in mind these are going to be high picks if these teams like uh, the New York Rangers and like Toronto uh, finish as well as you expect them to. They're going to be late in that first round. So, so you know, three, four picks, it's a lot. But I think the Blues – would do it if the team on the receiving end, whether it be Columbus, Chicago, whoever, would make that trade. There you go. Jeremy Rutherford giving us his perspective on an incredible weekend uh, in developments for the Blues. And I would imagine there is more to come between now and March 3rd. You can follow JR, of course, on Twitter. Read him on The Athletic and hear him every day here on 101 ESPN, even when he is driving back from Cincinnati. What a gentleman. What a champion. JR. Everybody here is super proud of you. You can talk about my grit, but let's talk about you. You're, you're what side, side of the road from Southern Ohio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm just glad that you didn't get disconnected, and it was suddenly the Piddles and Puddles NBA show. So uh, I got to tell you, here's some behind the scenes for you. And I'm Jackson, I don't know if you know, because Jackson is, has been dreading this hour ever since he found out that we were having connection issues. I was disconnected for about seven seconds during our conversation. <laughs> And I came back and I didn't hear anything. And I go, God, Jackson is frozen in his tracks. <laughs> and JR doesn't know what's going on. And there's dead air on 101 ESPN. But instead, it was just a little delay. And you were wrapping up your point. And without us ever talking about it, no one would have ever known. How about that magic of broadcast? That? That's Man. great. Well, that makes my stomach hurt, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, JR, we appreciate it, man. Thanks so yep, much and yep. safe travels. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, Jerry. All right, there he is. Great Jeremy Rutherford with us here. Your thoughts on what he had to say? Please feel free to text into the Air Comfort Service. Text line 314-399-9646. We'll carry the discussion over into our next segment. This is Balloon Party, driven by Monkadass, St. Louis Acura on 101 ESPN.